What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge Podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. And how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right, man. Can't complain. You know, big movie week. Coming off of Eternals dropping this past weekend, which I'm going to tell y'all about because I told Shui that no point him seeing that movie. I'll explain the high points and the low points. Going to do that. But what I was what I'm really excited to talk about on this show is the harder they fall. Great Western. Can't wait to talk about that. I think that was a really good popcorn flick. I think that was a big win for Netflix. But excited to talk about that. And then uh, got some solid trailers. A lot of the release dates on when our shows are coming back. Some of our favorite shows. Some news about our favorite shows. So this will be a yeah. great show this week. Yeah, a lot of really good stories. Like I feel like in the past, maybe like it was last week or the week before, at least the Dune week, we had a lot more talking about discussion-wise, less about news. Mm-hmm. I think but now the news has kind of picked up a little bit. There are two stories that I had to push the next week. Uh, so, I mean, there's just a lot of good stuff to talk about. We missed out on talking about Book of Boba Fett trailer, so I'm excited that we'll get to talk about our thoughts about that. And, uh, yeah, I didn't see Eternals. We'll hear what you think about that. But I did see Harder They Fall. And um, I'll be watching it again this week. It was, it, it was Not only movie. was it good, you know, I definitely would recommend it to others so we'll talk about why later. yep i agree i agree but whenever you're ready man i'm ready we can get right into it yep i'm ready let's get started so big news on the top end of the show one of the shows that we have uh been reviewing championing we champion Champions. this show john's a, well, one of the only few people publications out there reviewing this show Shout out to our guy, Robbie Ramos. We see you out there, brother. Yeah, so heels. Fucking heels, baby. I told, shoot me, there was no way that show was Lots of high praise from the star CEO, too. There was no way that show wasn't getting renewed. That show had me on pins and needles. It was one of the best shows this year. Had heart, had following the action, good characters. I'm in it. Season two. Oh, that they got to take it up a level. Like I'm expecting season two for them to be like, okay, got a little more views, some new wrestlers, new storylines. Yeah, like maybe some new wrestlers, new storylines. Like maybe a little bit more publicity, especially like on the socials. Maybe a female league, because like she won at the end of season one. I would like to see if there was more fallout uh, with. Stephen Amell's character going to that other wrestling league and like beating that dude up. Oh, like, there's got to be some repercussions for that. <laughs> he tried to fuck up the show, and then yeah, uh, but I'm saying like, you know, like I'm surprised like that didn't go viral. <laughs> oh, I think it did. That's what I'm saying, but not for the good for the other guy. Like it was yeah, great. Yeah. It was it was great for the D uh, the DWL, but I forget the yeah. I forget that guy's name, but it wasn't good for him the Florida league, whatever that shit was, but I'm excited. I, will the WWE poach away their woman superstar? Like they did wild bill. It's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. That would be interesting. Like I would be interesting if she like ended up getting the, these offers to go move up and then would she be stay loyal to a league that barely wanted her to be the champion who was n- never loyal to her. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm into it though. Um, so yeah, excited to have heels back for season two. We'll definitely keep reviewing it when it comes back. Um, but the next story we have is Daniel Day Kim is joining the Avatar: The Last Airbender live action series at Netflix. He will appear 
in the role of Fire Lord Ozai. What you're saying? Look, I'm going to know. I, I, I'm going to talk more about this when I watch Cowboy Bebop in two weeks. Give me two weeks to watch Cowboy Bebop, see how they execute that. And I understand that they're different shows, but if they can do The Witcher and they do Cowboy Bebop, maybe they can execute this. Even though the Nickelodeon people aren't in it anymore, I think that's I think that's the issue. But Daniel Day Kim's good fire, Lord Ozai, I'm with it. Not that would see a lot of him in season one because he, he's not really in that unless they're taking liberties. And if that's the case, then that's issues. So let me I'll give because I don't want to feel overreact. like if, you, if, you're, if you're bringing Daniel Day Kim in, you're either like either got him on this contract or it's like, OK, well, you know, you know, your roles gonna get big later. Yeah. Gonna have you come in and out season one or it's going to they're going to take liberties and make him like, you know how he Fire Lord had. I don't remember the guy's name, but that was Jason after Zuko. Like, I feel like maybe he would, they would just mix that whole deal and just have the Fire Lord be going after Zuko. Oh, see that, that would be, a, that'd be no. Cause that messes up the stakes of everything. Like, because you're not or supposed like, to, cause that messes up or, how Aang develops. Cause you can't, you can't right. have, you can't have the Fire Lord be like the, one of his early villains. Cause he's got to take out that commander so he can grow. And then he, then he gets a Zula. And then it's like, all right, now we're ready for the Fire Lord. That's why I'm I can, thinking. I can see. Maybe in Zuko them, flashbacks, they might expand I, on that. I, I can see them, you know, where we saw Zuko backstory way later in the show. I can see it early. Doing it early. Now that I agree with. That makes, that, sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. But I'm not going to be negative until I see Cowboy Bebop because the trailer, you know, I didn't dislike it. Kind of liked it. But is it Bebop? That I don't know. So I need to watch that first before I judge this. And New Linden, New Leaf, don't want to be overcritical too early. Gonna wait and see. All right, but that, that's all I really have on this. I just think that's a really solid casting and a, and a good actor being joined in. He is a good that, actor. That kind of and they did the cast the other, so. the no names. I mean, we don't know who they are. Yeah, we talked about it a week ago, though. Yeah. So, but next up, let's go. It's Always Sunny, season 15, coming December 1st. And I told you, I knew a date was coming because I, I don't know if I told you or I told Curse this. But I was like, they changed the logos on the Hulu and they only do that when new seasons are coming. They changed it twice. Okay, so then. They changed it twice. They changed it again. First, they changed it the first time. Last time I told you about it. But then they changed it again. And I was like, oh, something is coming. A trailer might be dropped. Like, I, I, could, I could see a trailer dropping anywhere in November. It, it, but something's maybe coming. Tomorrow. They, maybe, maybe, maybe tomorrow. Maybe gets released. It's possible. But just know they switched the logos twice. I knew something was coming. So December 1st, it's right around the corner, baby. You know we're reviewing that. I'm hyped. Got the DVR yeah. set too. YouTube TV. Got to use, use it for something. Since I can't you know, get live we'll sports. Next day. You know we're not waiting for next day. Because uh, when is it dropping? Is it dropping on Sundays? Uh, I think it would probably would drop in the middle of the week like it usually does. Okay, middle of the week type thing. Okay, that's cool. Didn't know if they were doing the HBO model, you know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember how they were dropping because I did because watch like, the last season of It's Always Sunny Live. Dave dropped on like Wednesdays, right? I feel like it would that's probably drop right when dropped. Yeah, Wednesdays. You're right. I think that is when the last season did drop. Okay, fair enough. December 1st coming out. Oh, I could tell you when. What day December 1st is? Well, I mean, we do have this thing called a calendar. We just, uh, December 1st is a Wednesday. So they are huh. talking on Wednesdays. So, we yes, go. sir. Yes, sir. 
All right, but next up, we got three trailers. Um, let's start off with Atlanta. Nothing crazy. Nothing I felt crazy. like they were going for a, a kind of get out vibe with Paperboy. Like on his shirt, it said fake. He might have sold out for the money. Paperboy might be a famous rapper, but at what cost? They're going to dive um, into what it what it means for him to, did he sell his soul, so to say? Or because Atlanta's wild and crazy, did he really sell his soul? Like, is he going to be a part of a cult? I could see in a multitude of things happening this season. But it, I was trying to see what his chain said. Couldn't see that, but definitely saw the fake across his shirt. I definitely could see some like, is that eyes wide shut, get out vibes. It does seem like we're going to go around the world. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I think they made it. There was Amsterdam. There was Paris. uh, Touring. I think they made it. I think there was Italy, too. So, So, yep. But okay, solid. Now, um, the next trailer, I'm going to save the Star Wars one for you for last. More Morbius. I saw the internet talking about this, like, yeah, Morbius. uh, uh, Vultures in it. Yeah, we see posters of Spider-Man, Oscorp. Schubert, did this movie really look good or did this look like another Catwoman type movie? Can we be honest? Like, this movie did not impress me. It didn't look great. It looked like a, a, a wannabe Venom. It looked like it felt gave me Catwoman vibes, the Halle Berry one. I'm not impressed by this Michael Morbius movie. No, I'm kind of feeling the opposite. I'm, You're into I it? You're buying it in Jared Leto? I had seriously low expectations for this. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this actually might be watchable. No, okay. Well, yeah, it'll it'll be watchable. I'll say that. Um, I thought that I didn't realize that they had the casting that they had. I think they have a phenomenal cast. I'm like, whoa. Well, I mean, you can say the same thing about Ben. I mean, we got Bennett. Uh, they don't even use Michelle Williams. Don't do that. Michelle Williams, yeah. They probably so, let me look at this cast because they're probably not using them. They got what? Uh, Brendan Gleason. They got Matt Smith. Jared Leto. Um, bro, the, Tyrese is the nah. You're not about to make me buy into the Tyrese is the lead cop of the Michael Morbius movie. Nah, I, I, you 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 almost had me for a second with, with Michael Keaton, Matt Smith, Jared Harris. Fucking Tyrese Harris. Gibson is the cop, my guy. No sir, no sir. Simon um, Stroud, get him out of here. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's not going to be any worse than Venom. I feel like it'd be about the same. All right, I hope you're right. I hope you're right because I think it will be worse than Venom One. Okay. I it'll be as good maybe as Venom Two because I kind of like Venom One more than Venom Two. Venom Two was kind of shaky to me. Yeah, I could I could buy that. I feel like it's hard for this to be better than Venom One, but yeah. I think it'd be as now good as Venom Two. What happened with Venom Two? Does this have? Does this have weight? Does and what happens with with No Way Home with with yeah. Professor? I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess Jared Leto's joining the MCU. He's like, screw you, DC. Got got James Gunn through the air cut out. The poor David Ayer. He needs to stop. Like, I get it, bro. You saw the Zack Snyder cut. Restore the Snyderverse. That was a big thing. Zack Snyder had a big movement, but rightfully so. He had some fuck shit happen to him. And David Ayer, yeah, you had some fuck shit happen to you, but no one wants to see that movie, bro. We got Peacemaker coming in January. Like, I don't care how Jared Leto looked this Joker. I got the beautiful Matt Reeves Batman movie coming. I got whatever James Gunn's going to do next. Like, I don't want to see 
People were trying to hashtag it, and I saw it didn't get any momentum. Barely got to 10,000, 20,000 tweets. Hashtag restore the air first? Doesn't even sound as good. No. <laughs> they no. just need to stop. And, yeah, I mean, at least when you know, Zack Snyder was trying to do his movie, and he had had some good movies. Mm-hmm. Well, then don't do that. Squad David Ayer has some good movies. Don't do that. Well, I'm saying that I'm saying in the DC universe. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we weren't restoring the Snyderverse on Man of Steel. Like he made it through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this shit was just horrendous. Like, please. but you know, oh, yeah. I feel for him, but I don't need to see the air cut. But the final news is Book of Boba got the trailer, saw how it looked. I'm into it. I'm buying, I'm all the way in. Underworld yeah. mafia type stuff. Robert Rodriguez. I, I like that we didn't see even a glimpse of anything from the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Like it is it is Benichan, it is Boba Fett. They are on Tatooine trying to restore their throne on the underworld. Yep, trying to take over the throne, man. This feels like wire type shit. Going for going for the crown. If you if you want the king, aim at the head, my guy. He's going for the for the top seat, job of the hut seat. I'm in. I'm into that. This is Star Wars mobsters. Yeah, I'm into is, this. Which is dope. Which is mm-hmm. real dope, and it's something that Star Wars fans have been clamoring for for a long time. We're really going to get to really dive into the scum and villainy that is the, the underworld of Star Wars, and I think it's going to be really cool. You know, um, I would I would like to see a little bit of what's going on with the Republic. Mm. in this in this show because this kind of parallels it's like okay so how what is going on with this new republic how is that putting an effect to the to this underworld see i feel like they're not going to show that because that's the stuff that's the leia luke shit that's the no 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 no, no. i i don't think that they have to do that they just have to like it's similar to what they did in the mandalorian with like the you know, Filoni and the, the pilots, okay. but like, you know, how are, how is the enforcement of the new Republic reaching being felt? To okay. Like I got you. I got you. I got you. Like I got how you. is it being felt in like, in this underworld or, or is the underworld really kind of taken over in the disappearance of the empire? Like how does that's what I'm thinking? I'm thinking this is like real Western, the, like yeah, terri- exactly. gang territory type shit. Like, that's what it feels like. Each boss has their their land, and Boba Fett's like, "Nah, bro, I'm gonna be in charge of all of this." And like, that's that's what I'm excited to see. I feel like we'll get maybe some glimpses of the New Republic, but I'm thinking that's coming in the Ahsoka thing. Like, I feel like this Ahsoka series is gonna be this huge, grandiose type deal. And I think this is gonna be, you know, the darkest one we got. Yeah, dudes, dudes gonna be killing dudes. That's, that's fair. That is that's what's it, happening. Look, I'm excited. Phoenix gonna ball out too. Like, I was like, yeah, look at you, Phoenix. I see you, girl. Yeah. Two of, two of the most badass characters from Mandalorian did their own deal. Facts. I love Black Suit Boba. Shout out to my guy. Fuck with yeah. him. All right. But next up, we got Robert Downey Jr. and Matt Damon. I, when I saw this, I was shocked. I was like, okay, Killian Murphy. Okay. I wasn't too shocked at Matt Damon because, you know, Matt Damon has worked with Nolan and Interstellar if you saw the twist. But Robert Downey Jr., shocked, you know going to be in Christopher Nolan's upcoming World War II epic Oppenheimer about the development of the atomic bomb. It's not clear who who Downey and Damon will play in the film. Nolan is assembling an all-star studded cast, one that includes Killian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer and Emily Blunt as his wife with Downey Jr. and Matt Damon. Downey Jr. and Matt Damon got to be some American dudes, bro, like fucking the president or some shit. 
Maybe. I'm trying to remember. Uh, the, no, it would be the FDR. That, that, that's some Downey shit. I can see Downey doing that. Maybe, maybe Downey can do FDR, but I doubt that. Matt I mean, Damon can't. Matt Damon might be like the head of the CIA or some shit. Like, I could see them. Yeah, Matt Damon would be head of the CIA. It's got to be someone who's deep in. Like, I could see Downey being a scientist. Yeah, possible too. Possible so. too. Fair enough. But I'm interested in seeing it, you know. Oppenheimer. Definitely assembling a cast, that's for sure. It's outside of Warner Brothers, too, going to be for Universal. So yeah. first time uh, Nolan's without them. So we're going to see what he does. But next up, ooh, this is what I wasn't excited for. Ariana ooh, Grande, I Cynthia Ervio, trash, trash. I, I Look, I know people are going to get on me in this podcast, but I am not a Cynthia Ervo fan. I do not like <laughs> her. I am not a fan. You just don't like the movie she's been in. I don't like any of the movies she's been in. She's been in trash. And I don't like this movie. Her and Ariana Grande star in Wicked Musical. Grande and Irva will play Glinda and Elpha, uh, Elphaba, Elphaba. Res- respectively, in Universal's big screen adaptation of the Tony-winning musical helm by In the Heights director John Chu. So Cynthia Irva is going to be the bad witch. Ariana Grande is going to be the good witch. It's Wicked. <sighs> I, we don't need this. Well, we you don't, don't need know this. Wicked, though. Huh? No, this, is, this, is, this is better than I've seen all Wicked. the other musicals. I've this one's better. Than, I would. I would rather have see. I would rather see Wicked than I would rather than I would see another. It's Maleficent. Is it not? Sort of. Don't do that. Don't you've seen Wicked? I know you have. It's just like it's yes. just like Maleficent. No, it's not just like Maleficent. She's 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 uh. This is the story of the Wicked West, where it's proved that she's not that bad of a person. Pretty much. What's Maleficent? Where we see how Maleficent's not that bad of a person. I guess. That's all I'm saying. I've seen Wicked. I'm not. Boo, Cynthia Ervo. Boo. <laughs> no, I think it's a, that Cynthia Ervo is the right casting for that. Of course, because she's the only person who can see and act. I, I get it. I understand. <sighs> Whatever. Now, Ariana Grande, that's a question mark. Okay. Ariana the Grande only was... thing I've seen Ar- Ariana Grande <laughs> acting is victorious. <laughs> And and this and this was originally played by Christian Chenoweth. It <laughs> can act circles around Ariana Grande. They might they should have just got Christian Chenoweth to do it for being real. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So like, a I don't like Cynthia Ervo. B Ariana Grande hasn't acted since Victorious, which she was a completely different human being. And I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not into Wicked. Keep the mute. Go watch that on Broadway if you want to see it. It's much better there. People should, honestly. But uh, moving on to our next story, Shonda. She's back in with her first show she's created since Scandal. Uh, Inventing Anna will premiere in February, part of her new deal with Netflix. Uh, in May of 2018, Rhymes read Jessica Pressler's New York Magazine story called how Anna Delvray tricked New York's party people, a viral journalistic feat that detailed the scammy enterprises of a charming young Russian woman who had grifted New Yorkers. She immediately wanted to have, uh, adapt the story. On Inventing Anna, Veep's Anna Ch- Ch- Cholmsky will play Vivian, the reporter based on Pressler, and Julia Gardner from Ozark will play Anna, the, uh, the object of everyone's obsessions and projections. 
Inventing Anna is told through Vivian's eyes as she reports the story through speaking with the people in Anna's life whom she affected either because they'd been charmed by her or she'd stolen from them or both. Kate Lowe's Anna Devery Smith, Jeff Perry, Kate Burton are among the cast as well as Arian Moade, Alexis Floyd, Anders Holm. Shout out to Anders. I've been asking where my guy Anders was. I thought about that the other day. I was like, man, Adam, Adam is killing it right now. Adam's in everything. Blake, Blake Anderson does like indie movies. He was in fucking um, North Hollywood, which Schubert, you should get on my Amazon Prime and watch that. It's a damn good movie with Vince Vaughn. Amazon Prime, I watch it. It's, no, because you don't have Showtime on Amazon Prime. Oh, well, then I got on Hulu then. Okay, well, yeah, go watch North Hollywood. Great movie. Fucking Blake Anderson. Blake's in that. But I've been wondering where and Anders Holmvik is, man. Good to see my guy coming out in this. I think this sounds good. I'm buying in. Yeah, it definitely sounds interesting. Kind of reminds me of like the bling ring. Mm. Um, but you know, I trust Shonda. Yeah. And Shonda, it, I trust. It also so. reminds me of Hustlers, kind of like how Hustlers was the story yeah. told to um which I recently did see like about a couple weeks ago. Good movie, huh? Yeah, so, pretty good. Constance Wu is um, the only non-believable part of that movie, though. Probably. Like, I don't uh, know if I'm Lily Reinhardt kind of too. I bought Lily Reinhardt more than Constance Wu. The only reason I bought her was because of that throw up bit. But yeah, so inventing Anna, Shonda, you know, tucking in this Netflix deal. We'll we'll see. We'll see what it's Wait, this next story, I don't know. Wait, I don't know if this next person has the chops to pull off this next one. So the next story we have, (laughs) Sofia Vergara is set to star on Netflix's limited series about notorious drug trafficker Griselda Blanco, titled Griselda. The series chronicles the real life of savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman who created one of the most profitable drug cartels in history. A devoted mother, Blanco's lethal blend of charm and unsuspecting savagery helped her expertly navigate between family and business, leading her to become widely known as the Black Widow and the the cocaine godmother. The show will consist of six 50-minute episodes. Look. I think this is a great story. I think Griselda Blanca should be told 1,050%. It's going to kill. But I just don't know if Sofia Vergara has the chops to pull it. The America's Got Talent lady's going to come and be Griselda Blanco, the woman that every rapper raps about that is the most terrifying woman in existence. No, nah, I, just, I just don't know if Sofia is that terrifying. I'm sorry. I just don't. No, I agree with you. I mean, we've really only seen her like doing some comedic stuff. Like, I really have to tap in to see like what she does drama wise. But like, it's just gonna be really hard for me to be scared. That's what I'm saying. Like, Griselda Blanco has has everyone quivering their boots. Like, even El Chapo, bro. Like this, she's real. Like this is crazy. Not Sofia Vergara, though, man. That's crazy. Like, I I don't want to see the Modern Family lady is the cocaine godmother, a.k.a. the Black Widow of the Underworld. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought that was a really surprising casting, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe, man. Maybe Joe Manganiello's teaching her how to get dark. Watch, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, so Broken Lizard, the co- comedy troupe behind the film franchise Super Troopers, is teeing up a new movie with Searchlight Pictures called Quasi, a satirical take on The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Just kicked off production in Los Angeles. The film will follow a hapless hunchback who yearns for love but finds himself in the middle of a murderous feud between the Pope and the King of France when each orders the hunchback to kill the other. Uh, Kevin Heffernan 
will direct and star. He wrote the script for his troop members, Steve Lemmy, Jay Chadrasakar, Paul Soder, and Eric Solhansky, who will all co-star and serve as executive producers. Richard Perello will produce. Adrian Pilecki is also set to star the film that will debut exclusively on Hulu in the U.S. and also on Disney+. Plus. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know how, how Disney was like, yeah. You we'll let y'all do a satire of Hunchback a, of Notre a Dame. satire of Hunchback of Notre Dame called Quasi. Like, I, how did they get this? Didn't see them this happening. Like, didn't expect this. Yeah. This is this is just wild, wild news to me. So we'll see how this goes. Like, can they get as adult as they could get in Super Troopers for something that's going to premiere? Well, it's going to be. Plus? Well, it's just going to premiere on Hulu in America. That's true. That's true. Like that's, that's true, Disney that's Plus worldwide. So like, yeah, America's where they care about it. Like for real, for real. So like, they'll be able to go like maybe a little darker because it's on in, in on Hulu. Maybe. Yeah. We shall see. I don't know. But like 2021, you're dealing with the Hunchback of Notre Dame. It could get dicey. It could get dicey doing some live action shit. It could get dicey. And especially like, that's the best way I can say comedy. It. When we know it's going to be a comedy. Like, there's a, like, I just don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm, worried. Too. I'm concerned. It could get real dicey real quick. It just depends on the moment we see Quasimodo and the first thing they make him say. And that, that'll, that'll determine the rest of the movie. Yeah. It, it's. It's a big question mark, man. Like I just don't know how they got this, how they got this green light. Because I mean, they're already filming it. That's crazy. We'll see. They kicked off production. I got this. Is not something that they're just gonna pull now. I mean, this is going. So they're they're committed. So all right, we'll see what's up. That trailer is gonna be huge. I bet you they don't make him talk in the trailer. Not the first one. No. They don't make him talk. Maybe in the second or third one. Not in the first one though. But all right. Next up, we got. Taika Waititi will adapt the end call into a feature film, the big screen version adaptation of the beloved comic book creation of Alejandro Jodorowsky and Mobius will boast a script from the Thor Ragnarok director and writer who will collaborate with Jermaine Clement and Peter Warren. Clement and Waititi previously teamed on What We Do in the Shadows and Flight of the Concords, created by filmmaker and writer Jordanowski and French artist Mobius at the end of the 70s, the end call has a devoted readership and has become the highest selling science fiction graphic novel in history. The graphic novel is the foundation of the Jodiverse, which encompassing the best selling comic book series such as the Meta Barons and the Megalex. It centers on a private investigator, John DeFool, who happens upon a mysterious artifact as the end call, an object of great power coveted by many factions across the galaxy. Zufil learns, uh, learns of the end call's powers and purpose. He teams with a ragtag crew on a mission to save the universe. Okay, I'm guessing this has some comedy elements to it. Taika's doing it. This could be good. I like the premise. I might yeah. read the comic this weekend. Taika's real busy. Yeah, He's yeah. got a lot of stuff on his plate, you know, Akira and Star Wars. Is he still doing Thor. Akira? I thought that stopped. It still says that he's supposed to be doing it. So mm, okay. Damn, you're not getting what we do in the shadows season at for a while. Oh well, he's not anything to do with that. I mean, that's a oh, he's done group. with that. I mean, he's a producer, but I mean, he's not. It's not like he's directing or acting in it. Okay, so. okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm interested in this, but like you said, Taka's busy. Hopefully, hopefully, this is shit's fire. 
But you know, it sounds like an interesting story, and the, it builds on its own universe. So is this going to be like a new universe? Dudes out here hooking up with Tessa T and some other woman in a, on, on pictures on TMZ. He got it. Dude's killing it right now. Tiger's on top of the world. Like, could you imagine really is. the dude who was in Green Lantern as as Ryan Reynolds' best friend is now one of the biggest directors on the planet? Talk about a glow up. No. Continue to believe in yourself. Would have never guessed that. Yeah, I'm trying to see, like, I had saved something that said all the stuff that he was doing right now. Or maybe I didn't. But to everybody listening out there, just go look up Taika Waititi in the Green Lantern movie and just see if you thought he would have been the guy that he is today. Would have never guessed. Good glow up. Good for you, Taika. Oh, here, quick side note that I didn't put into the notes, but I see it in my stuff that I had saved. Disney submitted The Village Bride for Oscars contention for short film. Mm, interesting. They released it in, in theaters in California so that it could be up for Oscar contention. Interesting. So they buy into that film. Yeah, the Billy, yeah, the Visions movie Vision. Okay, cool. That's what's up. Which I didn't think was the best one, but I mean, it was yeah, I didn't think that was the best one either, but you know, all right, I see him. Good, good for Star Wars Visions. But next up, we got Dan Levy's cooking competition, The Big Brunch, ordered at HBO Max. Levy created and host will host the series that centers around celebrating, inspiring, but still undiscovered culinary voices from all across the U.S., but also brunch. As the title promises, the competing chefs will have to find innovative and personal ways to redefine what it means to dine between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. The series will spotlight the chef's stories and business dreams, while also giving them a chance to compete for a life-altering prize. Eugene Here, Levy- stop, 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 stop. Okay. So like that, this is like a two-part story. The ah, second okay. part of the story is his dad. Okay, gotcha. But well, shout out to Dan Levy Dan, for this. Let's talk about Dan and this competition, The Big Brunch, because we know we like our food competition shows. I think this would be pretty cool. And, and the uh, fact that it's HBO Max, if I'm Food Network, I'm scared. Maybe that's where Bobby Flay is going. Bobby Flay did not sign with, with Food Network again. Is HBO Max starting a competition? Starting it up? Maybe. I think HBO Max really wants to tap into their reality stuff. You know, we had F-Boy Island have a Mm -hmm. pretty big success. Uh, You know, I can't remember some of the other reality stuff they have, but they're trying to build up their, you know, their catalog, their library. Adding Dan Levy and this big brunch cooking show could be pretty cool. They're auditioning and looking for these culinary chefs around the U.S. now. Um, but I think it, they they could really find some really good ones out there. You know, I would say like find some of the best little known brunch spots and like your hot spot cities, bring them in. You can even go like to like that. unknown cities, like small, like not the biggest city is in each state, but like find the best, like get the big city brunchers, but then get like, okay, we know that. Is there a Lafayette bruncher? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like shout to the French press, like put, Come to Laffy, come to come to BR, like the Chimes, or you know, hit hit up Nola. They, I know they got some great brunch spots in Nola. Well, I know they're gonna get somebody from Nola. Yeah, they got to. Or they get somebody from Louisiana, they'll find some one of them. Yeah, that's a fact. Whether it's from Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Lake Charles, or New Orleans, someone's gonna be on there. So, but that sounds dope. Shout out to Dan Levy. Now his pops, Eugene is set to host and executive produce a new travel series for Apple. The Reluctant Traveler will see Levi visit some of the world's most 
remarkable hotels as well as explore the people, places, and cultures that surround them. Self-confessedly not your average travel show host. He agreed the time is right for him to broaden his horizons, leaving to be packing his suitcase with some trepidation, but hoping his experiences might lead to a whole new chapter in his life. That as long as he doesn't have to battle his motion sickness and still get dinner at seven. I'm gonna watch it's this gonna okay, so he's he's getting into his uh his uh Anthony Bourdain bag. This is him gonna be his same old goofy self going to these different people and be like, uh well, you know, I'll try it. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna say this, man. If it's not Bourdain and if it's not Action Bronson, or if it's not Guy Fieri, I don't know if I want people traveling and eating. It's gonna take a special personality for me to get behind a traveling eating show after seeing Bourdain, Bronson, and Guy Fieri. And I just don't know if, if Dan Levy's doing it. Dude's gonna be staying in like the nicest of hotels, like eating it. I don't know if Dan Levy's going to the hole in the walls. Yeah, I don't know. And like, I feel like he's going to like luxury. The title places. of Reluctant Travelers does not seem like something that's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna see like the coolest things on this. Like, it seems like, like he doesn't want to travel. Dragged. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like that's where I'm like so worried about it. But Dan Levy's cooking competition show. I'm yeah, I'm excited I'm about his bad. son's shit. His son is killing it right now. So yeah. Um, but our next story, we got the Patricia, the Patricia Arquette-led Apple comedy series High Desert, uh, about her becoming a private investigator. We've talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's now added six new cast members: Matt Dillon, Rupert Friend, Worche Opia, Brad Garrett. Burnett Peters and Christine Taylor. All some names that a lot of people might recognize. I know well, Dylan. Star alongside, yeah. Matt Dillon, Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond. Christine Taylor was um the main love interest in Zoolander, the original. Mm. Uh they'll they'll all star alongside Arquette in the half hour series. Dylan will play Denny, Peggy's ex, and Peggy is Arquette. An undeniably charming parolee and a relentless operator. Friend will play play Guru Bob, a local <laughs> ex anchorman, who after a trauma who after a trauma rebrands himself as a mystic desert personality. Opia stars as Carol, Peggy's closest friend, the bored fiance of an ER doctor and a permissive new stepmother who has a secret to, of her own. Brad Garrett will play Bruce, a private investigator whose business is circling the drain and who becomes Peggy's reluctant employer. Peters will reoccur as Rosalind, Peggy's complicated mother, and Taylor will be Diane, Peggy's buttoned-up sister who tries to make order of Peggy's chaos. This sounds like they saw Mayor of Easttown and was like, let's make this to a comedy. Pretty much. For sure, kid. Pretty much. Brad Garrett pretty much is playing the person I would imagine him to be, some old, washed-up dude who's grumpy. Yep. So, yeah. you know, whatever. We'll see how it goes. I think the Apple TV, I trust them enough that I would trust the scripted stuff. Now, yeah. you know, when you tell me that you're going to put out the reluctant traveler, that's, that's my question mark. <laughs> we got but, Big news for Gal Gadot this week was that she is going to portray the evil queen in Disney's upcoming live-action adaptation of Snow White. She will star opposite Rachel Ziegler, who was cast earlier in the summer as Snow White. Mark nice. Webb, from, who directed Amazing Spider-Man and 500 Days of Summer, is going to be the director. Nice. Good for Gal Gadot, you know. I just don't know if I see her being the evil queen. I just, don't, I just can't. She's too Wonder Woman for me to 
to see her as evil. I'm hoping Red Notice will change her mind. Hopefully, hopefully. This is big for her. Maybe this is like her, like, okay. But this is not crazy acting. This is her, like, getting another bag. Like, she's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to be two of the most iconic people, the evil queen in Snow White and Wonder Woman. My, I'll go to Comic-Cons for the rest of my life and make, make a check. So, you know. Facts. Yeah, this is a, it's a big role. So, um, you know, good for her for getting it. And we'll, we're seeing some of these Disney live action shape up. That was one thing I did have when I was looking at stuff that I had pulled up. Disney live action has a bunch of upcoming films. And they got the prequel for The Lion King, Cruella 2, Aladdin 2, The Little Mermaid, Jungle Book 2, Hercules, Snow White, and Seven Dwarfs, like we're talking about here. Hun- the Hunchback, not just Quasi. They got the Hunchback live action with Josh Gad. <laughs> um, Bambi. <laughs> All these movies, I'm, um, I'm just only those, interested and, in her. And those are all the their live action movies that are going to two theaters, and they have six more that are going straight to Disney Plus: Peter Pan and Wendy, The Sword in the Stone, Pinocchio, Robin Hood, Prince Anders, and Lilo and Stitch. Hey, Sword in the Stone and Robin Hood. I'm interested in Hercules. I'm interested in all that other shit. Can kick rocks. But <laughs> something that I will say, people were upset about because they were like, "Damn, what about voice actors?" But I will say this, if you want to get mad at the casting, get mad at the one that happened before this one, because I actually think this one can work. Chris Pratt is going to voice Garfield in an upcoming animated movie. Our Corn Entertainment is producing the movie with Sony Pictures on board to release Garfield's latest adventure in theaters. The still untitled project will be written by David Reynolds of Finding Nemo fame and directed by Mark Dendal, who directed Chicken Little and Emperor's New Groove. I'm just saying... Chris Pratt was Andy Dwyer and Andy Dwyer is basically a Garfield. So I can buy this more than I buy him as Mario. I think the Mario is the one that's like, huh? But this one I think is, is a fit. I think this one works. Yeah. I agree. This one makes more sense than Mario. I just think it's pretty wild that he's doing both. It's like, he's a busy guy right now with all he his is. voice acting and with this live action stuff. He about to take a hiatus like Ryan Reynolds did. Ryan Reynolds was like, I've been doing too much stuff. But Ryan Reynolds only taking a year hiatus. They're coming back a year after. So I mean, he's been dealing already with like he was talking about how he can't get up out of bed because all the people are mean to him about his Instagram post. So <laughs> he clowning, man. I don't believe I don't believe that. <laughs> he said that. It was an interview. Yeah. Think he was being serious? I don't know. Okay, well, next up, we got Oscar winner James Marsh to direct Samuel Beckett's biopic Dance First, starring Gabriel Byrne. James Marsh won for the documentary Man on the Wire and also directed The Theory of Everything. Marsh will now be directing his gaze on the life of Beckett, the groundbreaking Irish writer titled after Beckett's famous ethos of on life. Dance First, think later. The film is a sweeping account of his life of this icon of the 20th century literature. Beckett lives with many parts uh, Parisian bon viant, World War II Renaissance fighter, Nobel Peace, uh, Nobel Prize winning playwright, philandering husband and recluse. But despite all the adultulation that came his way, he was a man acutely aware of his own failings. In 1969, having been awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature and embarrassed, Beckett simply wanted to be rid of it. The film revolves around this turning point, the internal debate raging with Beckett as to which of the people in his life deserve to be the beneficiaries of his shame. Gabriel Oscar. Byrne was like, if I'm going to get out for anything, I'm going to get out to win an Oscar. Yeah, I feel like James Marsh, you know, we saw him do 
theory of everything, which obviously got a lot of critical acclaim. I think this is going to be something that meets the same kind of critical acclaim. Uh, definitely a, a really interesting story. I wouldn't say really interesting, but I, I find it interesting as where they're, he seems like he lived, lived an interesting life, but where they're going to meet him for this movie kind of seems interesting where he's kind of having this internal debate to be like, okay, so who's going to be the beneficiary of my shame? Like I wronged this person, this person, this person it should be like a lot of flashbacks. Um, you know, a lot of in- internal struggle, a lot of the drama, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously going to be an Oscar bait film. Yep. That's a fact. So, but all yeah. right, the, the next one we got is the Law and Order revival at NBC is cast Jeffrey Donovan. You may know him from Sicario fame or really Burn Notice fame in a lead role. Details are under wraps as the nature of Donovan's character on the show. Other than the fact he will be playing an NYP detective, it was announced in September that the hit procedural would be returning to NBC for what it will be its 21st season after the show originally ended in 2010 after over 450 episodes. Look, Jeffrey Donovan is the lead actor is a big, big get for them. I think that's I think I, I like that choice. I like it, too. I'm wondering how they're going to phase it in. If he's going to start appearing in like criminal intent or not, sorry, not criminal intent, organized crime and in uh, SBU. SBU which have been killing it, by the way. Yeah, they have. Organized Crime has been a phenomenal <laughs> show. I, I was so skeptical. I was like, you're going to give me a stabler show? It has been freaking great. Him undercover um, with the Russians has worked. Yes. Oh, gosh. It was so good. It's still so good. But um, I'm excited for this Law & Order. What I like about the, old, the Law & Order of old is that sometimes the SVU stuff, as good as the show it is, it gets it's, it's really heavy. It's so much. It's really heavy. Like, <laughs> like I can't deal with rape and sexual assault every time. It makes you super sad. Like as Law and Order can be uh murders, thieves, it could be anything. Like it could it could be drugs, it could be anything. Yeah. <coughs> it, yeah. So that's why I'm excited about that we'll get a little bit broader into the stuff that we'll be tackling. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, so the next story we got. We have a few smaller stories here. Dwayne Johnson says that he will only use rubber guns on his sets and will enforce that rule with any studio <coughs> that he's working with. Nice. I can't speak. He says, I can't speak for anyone else, but I can tell you without an absence of clarity that any movie that w- will be moving forward with the Seven Bucks Productions, his production company, any movie, any television show, or anything that we do or produce, we won't use real guns. Yeah, I see that. Uh, Doom was there for everybody. I, hold on. I don't know what that crazy. Quote <laughs> yeah, is. I don't know what that is. It's a whole different thing. All right, um, we're going to switch over to rubber rubber guns, and we're going to take care of it in post production. He says we're not going to worry about the dollars. We won't worry about what it costs. So I think this is a good move. This is all in reaction to what happened with onset of rust. And um, I think a lot of people will probably be adopting this pretty soon. Real? Shoot, that's crazy. This is just like random. If, if I feel like my phone just randomly typed random, like random words that I use, because it makes no sense what, what that is. But there we go. Yeah, that's good, crazy. Good for The Rock, though, saying not going to use real guns. I mean, I get it. You know, you can okay. CGI. If you can CGI in buildings, you can CGI in a gun with a rubber gun in place and then like make it look real in post we're at that point yeah 
So, um, so the next Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, to shut down production while Letitia Wright recovers from onset injury. Shut it down completely. Shut it down completely. Like, give me, give me a new Black Panther. I stand on that. Recast Chadwick Boseman. I'm anti what they're doing. So I guess her um, finding choreography wasn't going too well. Hey, she's Black Panther now, I guess, you know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, she must she must be having some more action scenes. Yeah. Sounds like it. That's what it seems like. Jumping off of buildings. They should just make it Lapita Nyong'o. Like, I understand that Shuri's his sister, but Lapita Nyong'o is a better actor. <laughs> like, I think Lapita Nyong'o would be a better Black Panther. Yeah, I don't know. Make it in Baku. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just not Shuri. It's just so hard with, like, what's going on. Trying to do the Black Panther stuff. Makes no sense. It was lightning in a bottle, and, you know, now that we don't have Chadwick, it's going to be hard to recover. And instead of recasting him, you're just like, we'll kill off the character, which is absolutely asinine. But, you know, whatever. Um, Story that... A big story that's out right now that we'll see how it ends up turning out, especially because we know Tiger King 2 is coming out soon. Carol Baskin is suing Netflix for using footage of her in the upcoming Tiger King 2 series. Baskin and her husband, Howard Baskin, filed a lawsuit in Tampa, Florida on Monday against the streamer and production company Royal Good Productions. According to the documents obtained by Variety, Baskin alleges that Royal Good Productions has breached contract by continuing to use footage of her and her husband in Tiger King 2 since they only signed appearance releases for the first documentary. Mm, so apparently she's trying to get her bag. <laughs> so apparently for Tiger King 2, a lot of the footage that they used was footage that they had obtained during the first taping of the documentary. So oh, so they go get away with it. Yeah. So everything they have of Carol Baskin in this new Tiger King 2 was filmed when she filmed for Tiger King. Hey, 1, so. and I'm telling you, it's gonna make her look bad. I'm telling you, this is like some fake story that she made him do in season one about what happened with her husband. This whole, he was in the, he was with the cartel, not, bro, she killed that man. I stand on that. Carol Baskin killed him, dumped him, whatever that song is, lapped him, whatever. She did it, Carol Baskin. It also could make her seem a little bit more guilty being like, I don't want, I don't want my stuff in there. Don't, Mm. Don't be talking about it no more. Mm, she was on dad dancing with the stars she's trying to be a new person but she but she definitely has a a case in this lawsuit yeah we'll see but because the thing is if they only use footage from the first time then that counts it's not like yeah you know we'll see but with that being said that's all the news it's time to get into the segment of the show where we suggest one movie one tv show or multiple that's coming out this week or that's been out for a little bit that we call a movie on the rise Shoot, but I'm going to go first since you got all the fire. Animaniac season two is out now on Hulu, so y'all check that out. But other than that, big week next week. I will be. Um, one thing I missed last week on the animated side of things, Big, big Mouth, Mouth season, what I think is five now, uh, is out. And I watched only the first episode so far, but damn, did they not make me laugh again. I, I kept thinking, I was like, there's no way that, that this is going to be able to to keep on with the same bits, but damn it, it got me again. So okay. uh, I've talked about it before that I've seen Boogie. We've talked about it a few times in a few different ways. Wait, where's it on at? This podcast. It's going to be on HBO Max on Saturday. 
oh, I'm watching that. Finally. Finally. So you, you can catch on HBO Max this Saturday, November 13th. That's lit. And then the big release of the week is Red Notice with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Ryan Which Reynolds, I could have watched in theaters this week, but I was like, no, I'm going to watch this on, on in Netflix. I'm sorry. Harder They Fall. Didn't watch you in theaters. Although that, that probably would have been good in theaters. Just like, Red, yeah. just like Red Notice probably will be, but I'm excited that we have another one to review next week. I'm definitely going to watch Red Notice. And I just feel like it's going to be the perfect combination of The Rock, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. I saw like some reviews on it. It was like the movie itself wasn't great, but Ryan Reynolds and The Rock, Buddy Cop was good. Like, I mean, they what else do you expect? Good. Yeah, that's yeah, what they like, They were good together, good. but the movie itself was... Oh, that means Gal probably wasn't that good. Womp womp. Mm, okay. But we'll review it next week, of course. Want me to do Eternals real quick? Yeah, tell us about Eternals. All right, this is spoiler-ridden. I'm letting y'all know, letting you know, Shuby. First off, best person in the whole movie, best thing in the whole movie was the end when Jon Snow, we, he had his sword that he's going to get that makes him Black Knight. And he's as he's about to touch the ebony blade, someone calls out and is like, yo. Uh, and he's like, are you sure you want to touch this, Dane Whitman? And it's basically Mahershala Ali's voice, him from uh, as Blade. So we're going to get the Jon Snow Blade team up, probably with Moon Knight giving us that Marvel Knights team up. That's my prediction. But it wasn't Nick Fury. People are like, it's Nick Fury. I was like, no, that was Mahershala Ali. IMDb confirmed it. Articles confirmed Mahershala Ali at the end saying, you sure you want to touch that Dane Whitman? And it was might have been like, he might as well have said, uh, John Snow, are you sure, John Snow? That's what it felt like. And I was like, oh, we're going to get this again. But all right, about Eternals, best parts. The Speedster Eternals, Macari, badass. Flash should probably take notes on how to do the speed like that because that was killer. No slow-mo. They actually made her look fast, and I kind of fucked with it. At first, I was arguing the Discord and in the trailer. I was like, will it be too jarring? No, it actually really worked in the movie. That was one of the best parts. Gilgamesh, best Eternal. Killed him early in the movie because Angelina Jolie was a bomb, was a bomb. <laughs> Get her out of here. She she was useless until the end. She'll probably be good in the next movie if they pay her to come in the next movie. Uh, couldn't afford Selma Hayek. Got her out of here. Probably not affording Richard Madden. He he gone. We don't know if he's dead, but he's gone. Flew into the sun. Might be alive. Who knows? Dude was crazy. Fucking he was he was basically the villain. He started all of this because he believed. really, yeah. So the premise of the story is the Celestials create the Eternals to harvest uh, the population to make the population of each planet grow to the highest point that it can. So then, as the population grows, it feeds on this energy and it grows a new Celestial who thus eats the planet. And it's the Eternals' job to make really? sure the pop. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So There's like, the- but they, but not all of them know that that's their job. They don't know until like halfway through the movie. The first person I found out was a cars. And that's why he killed Salma Hayek. So Salma Hayek wouldn't tell everybody because he believed in the Celestial's mission, no matter what, because he didn't like the existence that they were because his lover left him or well, he left his lover because he knew she loved Earth. And it was this whole thing of like he wanted a do over kind of situation, just believing in the Celestial's mission. I feel like this movie would have worked better if it was two movies, because I feel like we needed a prequel to set up the Eternals, because the whole time it's it's going from flashback to flash forward the entire time. So it'll flashback to them in Mesopotamia, starting like the first civilization. 
it'll flash back to them in Egypt. It'll flash back to them like in in uh, Hiroshima, like Fastos made the nuclear bomb that uh, that destroyed Hiroshima. And he was like, I'm never doing this again. That's Brian Ty- Tyree Henry's character. And that's why he became a recluse. He he's, he was like the inventor. So basically their whole thing was they felt betrayed that they had to uh, do this for the Celestial. But the Celestial was like, OK, bet you, you made this decision, uh, Cersei who is uh, Gemma Chan's character. You made the decision, so we're gonna. I'm going to accept that maybe these humans will benefit the universe more than the Celestial because the Celestial that they were created would have created like hundreds and thousands and millions of lives. And they're like, you're betting on these humans. We'll see how they turn out. But then he takes three of them away. The other three Eternals are like, whoa, they, they haven't came back. So they're like, we got to go find them. And then enter Harry... Um, Harry Styles is Thanos' brother, Star Fox. And he's like, oh, y'all want to go find him? I'll help y'all. Let's do it. And so he's going to be in the next one, helping them go find where the Eternals are. If they got to fight a Celestial, we'll see. Wait, who so knows. is it really Harry Styles? It's 100% Harry Styles. And what, Patton like Oswalt's voices. Character? No, it's him. It's like him. It's him with a costume. You, what? Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know that. And and the now the CGI character is Patton Oswalt's Pip the Troll, who is Harry Styles' is like messenger. Interesting. Yeah. So the next one, Harry Styles is gonna be in leading, helping them figure out where Jimmy Chan and the rest of the Eternals are, where the Celestial took them. There were some big concepts in this that I really enjoyed, but they didn't execute because they were doing too much. It was it was too much crowded in one movie. I think if it was two movies, it would have been better. I gotcha. So yeah, yeah, that was the terms. But I'm excited for Jon Snow's character, man. Black Knight gonna be lit. Best part on Disney Plus, huh? I watch that on Disney Plus. What the Jon Snow series? No, the uh, oh Eternals. Yeah, watch those. Yeah, that's what you should do. So, but are you ready to talk? Harder they fall. Great movie, man. The killer opening. I love the title sequence where it kind of told us who was on the games, like who Mm -hmm. was who. Um, that was that was pretty solid. Music was great. Music was really good. I feel like that's what Tarantino wanted to do with Django, but I felt like this was more successful. It felt like, like a Tarantino movie. It did. It did, but it felt like I felt like I'm not gonna say it's a better movie than a Tarantino movie, but mm. it wasn't because it wasn't. But it felt I don't know. It felt a little more wholesome, but in in the I best guess. way possible. Because there was still capping people and blood was everywhere. Yeah. But it just, I don't know. It just felt, I, I, it felt, it felt um, like Tarantino, but it felt like its own thing. Got to give I don't know if you James Samuels this. credit. I'm 95% sure that that white town was the town from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wait, what white? What? The town where they robbed the bank, the white town. Oh, see, I'm going to have to go rewatch that. Like the the buildings or whatever, it reminds yeah. me exactly of the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Western set. Okay, that's that's interesting. I fucked with that. But the best person in this movie to me, I'm torn. It was between Jonathan Majors and Lakeith. Lakeith killed it. Lakeith was great. Lakeith was scene stealing. Idris Elba was not that great. No, no. And I thought I didn't think Regina was like she was great, but like she was. She didn't have enough to. She didn't have much to do. She was she great with what she did. I, 
Yeah, and I felt like they did Zazie wrong a little bit. Like yeah. at least she got to like beat up on Regina Hall, uh, Regina King at the end. But she was the damsel like, in distress, pretty much. Yeah, and I did not like that. I was like, she seems like too much of a badass to be like this the way they set up stagecoach. Mary is like this, like killer. Like it's just like she yeah. didn't seem like to be Jonathan Majors' damsel in distress. But she did change her life. They said so. You know. Like the way things left off, you know, they really couldn't. If they do a sequel, she could have a bigger role. But maybe, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you about Lakeith. Like, I think that he did a really good job. Stood out, man. Stood out he every was really, time. He, I mean, to me, he seemed like the leader of that group. Oh, yeah. Cherokee Bill. I loved him, man. I, I loved it. He was, he was, he was kick ass. Jonathan Majors was incredible. I was kind of sad that, like, his death wasn't at the hands of the other guy. The oh, the, the remember the name R.J. Siler. Yeah, I think that's his name, actor name. But I mean, I totally saw that coming when he was like, "Jim yeah, to five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't play with Cherokee like, Beal like that, bro. I was like, bro, he's not gonna let you count to five. He's gonna shoot you before you get to five. Shot his ass. Got got old Jim out of here. And then that dude from X Men First Class, Pickett. Long sniper wasn't that good of a long shot. He, he let me just say that Pickett was not the best long shot. People, no, were, people were getting off on he him. Was I think sometimes he was missing on purpose. <sighs> well, he, but like, been... he didn't he nail that dude through the scope. He did after like seven shots. Oh, I don't know about that. Schubert, he shot that he shot like four times, four or seven times. Then he got him through the scope. Those guns in the West are hard, man. Oh, well, don't, well, don't, well, don't say he's this big sniper. He's, he's this good, this this long shot. If it takes him seven to eight shots, I'm sorry. I also did not like his death. He was whack. I ain't fuck with Pickett. But I did fuck with my guy Delroy Lindo as Boss Reeves. And it was just, it, I, I felt the connection to Watchmen because Bass Reeves is in Watchmen. That's the person who inspired Regina King to be a hero. That's the cowboy um, in there. Oh really? Yeah, th- yeah. That's the cowboy that uh, inspired Regina King, and well, and inspired Regina King's grandpa to be the hooded. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And he's actually a real cowboy. And I was, I was like, that's that's ill, Delroy Lindo. And all these people were real people. Every from Idris Elba to every one of them were, were real people. But I also thought Dion Cole as the guy who backstabbed Idris Elba was a he. He killed it. Yeah. See, I thought that a lot of the people who played their characters well I, I thought the twist at the end worked I didn't I you know when it happened I was like oh I guess I could see this coming but I did not see it coming at the time yeah I didn't see him being his brother didn't see that I thought that like his dad was killed because like he owed that dude money or he was at, or he at murdered that dude's family crew. something or he was that guy's old boss or something like I, I, I thought he was or, like, like betrayed the them yeah old gang leader betrayed them killed his family or any of the above. Yeah, so like I thought that whole scene at the end was pretty interesting because I just didn't see it coming. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I thought that that movie was really, really good. I'd give uh, it a solid eight out of ten, maybe a five. I I give it an eight on the high end. Yeah, I don't know if I would get higher than eight. That's but, I mean, solid. I liked it though. I had fun. That's the thing. I didn't. There weren't many low points of it. Like, yeah, there were some things that I disliked, like you said about the Zazie Beats thing. But the story, for the most part, I I didn't have too many are we sure's with the story. No, 
No, I don't think I had many or many artists. And that's, and that's why I think it gets an eight, because it had great performance think... by Lakeith and Jonathan, no Are We Sures, and it was entertaining. Yeah, I mean, besides the Zazie thing, like, I really don't think anyone, like, betrayed their character in any way. Like, I It's just like Idris wasn't that great of a villain. Very he well. Could, he could have been a little yeah. better. Yeah, could have been a little better villain. But I thought, that, like, his stuff in the very beginning was really good on the train, so... Yeah, they just—they didn't like give him enough to, presence. I feel like they just forgot about him. At one point, it did seem like they did forget about him. I was like, I remember during well, he was just sitting in the like, building. Yeah, I was like, "Where's Idris and all this?" And he's just, just sitting there, just like watching. Like, I yeah, like, let me twist my my mustache. Like, nah, I didn't. I didn't fuck with that. Yeah, so if I if I do have a negative, that's my big negative. That and Zazie beats. And not giving yeah. Regina King more because she was she was murdering Trudy. You could have gave her more to do. If you was going to hide Idris Elba, then you shouldn't have just put Regina King just to fight Zazie Beats the whole time. You should have at least made Regina King kill some of the henchmen of the Nat Love gang. Yeah. Like you gave Cherokee Bill a kill. You should have let Regina King kill Pickett. That's true. Or like... I, uh, and I think that's why we're indebted to Cherokee Bill. I think that's why we like him so much because... He he killed like he was two people. Uh, yeah, he killed two people in the Nat Love game. Pick it and uh, even the other guy. Even though he he wasn't as fast to draw as he was made out to be. Yep. Oh, the old girl beat. Well, um, I think she identifies as he would, but he he kicked her ass, dude, with the brass knuckles. So you know that was badass, but. Other than that, you know, so I saw the movie. Like I said, not too many negative, not too many low points. Enjoyed it. Yeah, we didn't talk too much about Jonathan Majors, but he did kill it. I mean, he, oh, he's great. Like, not much to say about him. He's on the up and up. Michael B. Jordan, be terrified. Because this dude not only can do blockbusters, but he makes blockbusters compelling. That scene that they did where they were singing the song before they went back to the town, the, the look that he gave into the camera, I was like, ooh, yeah, he's chilling. He's a great actor, man. Jonathan Majors is the real deal. I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see what he does from, from this point on. So, yeah, we, we, we recommend you guys out there. If you haven't seen Harder They Fall, you just kind of spoiled a little bit of it for you. But you got to watch it. Tell all your yeah, friends. Definitely check it out. Um, but that wraps things up for this episode of the Bros Who Binge podcast. London, tell everyone what's going on with the Bros Who Think Network. Yeah, this week got a new um, episode of Never Less Than Ill coming out. We're actually going to be doing an Adult Swim episode where we're talking about Adult Swim and hip hop. I think that's going to be a, a great, great episode. We got a great guest coming on. Also, Bros Who Think Podcast is going to be good this week, going to be new. So be sure to check that out. But other than that, that's pretty much everything. Um, you know, you can follow me at LimbyWT on Twitter. Follow me, follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think on Twitter. And uh, be sure to follow my guy, A Schubert 14 on Twitter, A Schubert 14 on Instagram. Follow him at Adam BWT on uh, Letterboxd because uh, he, he disconnected from our thing. So I'm pretty sure this, since this is the end. Uh, I'll just close it out. But yeah, y'all make sure y'all follow my guy. Check out his stuff. We'll be back next week. Got a big interview for next week for y'all. So be on the lookout for that. But for Schubert, for uh, Lennon, you know, make sure y'all have a good one. And remember, as always, keep binging.